Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. Hello, Mr. Foster. Hello. We are here joined by Mark Foster. I read about his bio and his organization, and I said, I got to get this guy on the show. He created something called Second Chance, a 501c3 nonprofit. And what they say they do, and we're going to hear it from Mark, is they take the salvageable part of buildings that we so carelessly discard when we want to renovate whatever it is we want to renovate, and they give those buildings a second chance. But not only that, they also give a second chance to a lot of people as well. Mark Foster, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for uh, having us on this morning. Well, I was reading about you. First of all, I was reading about you in context with work that you've done in Connecticut. Is it true that you've been doing work here in Connecticut? Absolutely. We uh, we work up and down the East Coast. We go as, have been as far west as uh, Colorado, but mainly mid-Atlantic, and then uh, we put our fingers out into the upper reaches of the east and and the lower reaches as well down to Florida. So tell me, Mark Foster, what is Second Chance? Because we hear about that. I hear about that with a lot with respect to prisoners and, you know, people out in the world that need a second chance, substance abusers that are sober for the first time. Why did you name your organization Second Chance? What do you mean by that? Well, Lisa, I think you hit it on the head earlier. You know, everybody needs a second chance. Obviously, materials do as well as people uh, when we created the organization 20 years ago, the focus was on the most disadvantaged members of the community, and we defined them um, basically returning citizens, barriers to employment, the education, parental guidance that may or may not have happened to them when they were younger, uh, any number of ways in which people had become disconnected to the workforce in severe ways. Uh, we were targeting them for inclusion in our program, which was really uh, multifaceted. We really have a, a program that, that gives people skills in the retail part of our business, the transportation and pickup of materials in the field, deconstruction. Uh, so we have a broad array of opportunities for people to get back. Uh, as you know, coming out of uh, incarceration, you need 
basically uh, a couple of things to help you, and that's employment and a place to live. And so we provide with partners the employment uh, portion of that, and then we work with other partners who are working on healthcare and housing. Uh, but really to stabilize someone, give them an opportunity to uh, get started on the road to sustainable employment is really the goal. And we use our organization uh, and the various elements of, of what is involved in that, uh, as I said earlier, to give them employment opportunities, and one of those being uh, deconstruction. It's a, it's a great opportunity to keep things out of the landfill, to teach skills uh, that don't require reading and writing. They really require uh, on-the-job training, so just about anybody can learn uh, how to take a building apart and do it safely. Uh, and so that's, you know, one of the things that we find very rewarding is uh, now, uh, 20 years later, after the start of Second Chance, society is thinking that we need to do a better job of, of the resources that we uh, historically have been less mindful of, uh, wood and lumber coming from these job sure. sites is one example. Yeah, well, I mean, we're such a wasteful, disposable commodity kind of country. We've always been this way. And, you know, I can't help thinking of all of those shows on HGTV and DIY where the, the great day they have is the day where they knock everything down. They're like, they're like Tonka toys, you know, four-year-olds. And they go in with the hammers and they go in with whatever and they seem to have a great time, you know, taking everything apart. And then they haul it into a dumpster and it's bye-bye. And what you're saying is that there's an art to doing this. If we'd be a little bit more careful, a lot of these things are more salvageable than just taking a hammer to them. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, Lisa. And I can tell you that the market for these materials is robust. We, uh, we sell everything we bring back to the warehouse. Uh, even the unusual things people are going to find uh, a use for, a repurposing. Uh, the organization also makes many of these materials available to folks who are in low-income positions who need these materials to, uh, whether it's a water heater or something like that, they need to have those items at a cost-effective, uh, you know, methodology for them to be able to reinstall it in their home. So, yeah, I, I would say one thing that's uh, been encouraging, I've been doing this for 20 years, I was the founder of the organization, and I've seen us change as a society more along the lines of mindfully thinking about what we're doing with materials where 20 years ago we were more, uh, we have room for improvement clearly, but we've made lots of strides in terms of uh, our ambitions of trying to keep things out of the landfill as a society. So that, that's encouraging and it's encouraging because it provides, you know, future workforce opportunities for the people that we're trying to help. So, Mark Foster of Second Chance, 203-333-9422. Let's say I was redoing my kitchen, okay? I'm not a big office building. But let's say I'm just one of these people who I bought, buy a house or it's 25 years old, and I decide maple is out, you know, and quartzite is in or whatever the heck it is. And I have the money and the wherewithal, and I just want to give my house a facelift. Would I call you and have you disassemble everything and take away my cabinets? You could. Uh, it's going to be more cost effective in that scenario that you just outlined for your contractor to do it for you because okay. it's a multi-day uh, operation. But it's got to come out anyway, to your point. And whether you stage it in the garage for whether it's Second Chance or your local Habitat or somebody to pick it up, okay. and whether or not 
tax deduction has value to you or not. You can certainly, in some cases, it will. In other cases, it will not. But in any case, the best thing to do is to set it aside and let somebody reuse it. Um, and that's easily done. It's going to come out anyway. Um, generally speaking, you can align the day it comes out with the pickup. You can stage it in your garage. There's any mechanism you want to employ that keeps it uh, in a condition that somebody else would be able to use it. And in commercial buildings where there seems to be just enormous amounts of waste. Are you making headway with commercial landlords and office spaces and rehabbing of strip malls and just so many spaces where, you know, a new tenant comes in and everything that was there goes? And the answer is yes. Um, There's headway. You need to build capacity, which is what we're doing. We're training people, getting them into the the uh, industry of deconstruction and waste stream diversion. And as you've just alluded to, the the opportunities are endless. Endless. size of of the amount of material we throw away and certainly we're at the point now where we're small so we're prioritizing what it is and mostly that's residential Uh, but in the commercial market there needs to be something equally as uh, well versed in keeping ceiling tiles for instance they can be recycled and reused and remade into new ceiling tiles so there's there's an inordinate amount of uh, great things going on we all see now you know patagonia using plastic bags to make Mm -hmm. Uh, weather, you know, protective gear. So there's all kinds of creativity that could be unleashed with these, you know, reclaimed materials. What made you, Mark Foster, decide to do this? I'm always interested how not-for-profits get started because by definition, you know, you're not trying to make money. So are you starting with some seed capital? Was this your own donation? Like, how did you begin? Yes, and and it was, uh, you know, as many organizations or businesses are given birth there they see a market need in my own case uh, I was renovating a, a historic house from the 1900s and I found uh, difficulty finding the materials I used to be in restaurant development and uh, so that gave me the wherewithal to uh, change careers at some point and devote more of my energies to giving back to the community and and so doing designing second chance around the idea of if we can make this self-sustaining, and again, 20 years ago, the word social enterprise was not on everybody's lips as it is today. So having an organization, we're 99.9% earned income. We don't get money from the government. We don't get money from foundations. We earn what we make, and we reinvest it in our programs and in our community. So we are self-sustaining. The folks that you know um, asked us to come up to Westport and do the work, um, helped us by giving us uh, some money to underwrite the program that we operated on their job site. And in return, they got a significant tax deduction, which made that relationship profitable for them, but profitable for the community as well, and allowed us to be able to do the work. So it works well. Um, There is room, as you said, in commercial activities. um, But in the beginning, um, much of what we're talking about today, 20 years ago, was still Um, you know, we were pioneers. And so the initial capital to get Second Chance started, the donations were made by my wife and I. And then subsequently, as the wheels started turning and we had more support for jobs we were doing and more support from people that were buying the materials that we were reclaiming, it it became self-sufficient very quickly thereafter. So in other words, you can pay your people for their work because you already know that in the marketplace, there's a market where you can sell what you reclaim. Absolutely. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And so you're the, you're the person doing the labor, and you're, that's, that's, that's pretty fantastic. And in 20 years, do you have an estimate of how many man hours, human hours, or... Um, or the kinds of the numbers of reclaiming? And did you ever sort of keep any kind of statistical count of what you've contributed? Well, it's interesting. We started in 2003 with four people, and now we're 250. Wow. Um, Really? Yeah. Well, there's 100 people every day going out into the field who are in these programs to take buildings apart. They're both regionally and, and up and down the East Coast. And interestingly enough, Lisa, one of the reasons we go to Westport and other communities is not so much that, you know, the houses there are any different than what we could find within, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes of Baltimore. But what it does do for the community of people we're trying to help, it exposes them to getting out of an environment that might seem to them like another kind of jail. If they're stuck in an urban environment, they don't see the world and the possibilities that the world could offer they can they can very easily become consumed by their own small world. So we we break that uh, you know that that vision of what they have of what their life could look like by sending them out into the communities far away, staying in a hotel, seeing different people, meeting and changing their lives in a different way. So we go to Westport uh, not only because the people up there are very friendly, <laughs> but because they're welcoming and people in our programs are getting an exposure to the community and, and the world um, outside of Baltimore City. Wow. Okay. Incredible. So you are not necessarily using local help. You are taking your people to where the stuff needs to be reclaimed and then putting it on trucks or freight trains or whatever it is you're doing to get it elsewhere. Absolutely. And we, we uh, you know, it's interesting. The, the industry is developing um, in the course of time that we've been involved in it, that now there are, you know, more deconstruction companies, more coming up. We're in the, the uh, you know, position to be able to help others you know, in the community of Westport, start some, you know, um, smaller versions of what we are and then grow those. And so we help uh, a lot of communities uh, establish their own, you know, second chances in some way so that they can, uh, you know, do the same things we're doing because every community, if you can imagine it, has a need for what we do, has an opportunity for what we do. Sure. So you can replicate yourself here and there and everywhere. Do a lot of people call you to mentor them to start their own not-for-profits doing second-chance work now? Absolutely. You know, in any business or nonprofit, it's an uphill battle. you got to have a committed person, and they got to – you know, they got to 
slog through the details and the startup, you know, the pain and suffering that goes with starting any business, whether it's a, a not-for-profit or, or a for-profit. Um, and so, yes, we're more than willing to help um, anybody out there who's looking to get started. 203-333-9422 has been our number. Uh, Mark Foster, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. I have an idea of an organization. I'm blanking on the um, exact name of it that is based in Fairfield County. I actually went to a fundraiser for them around holiday time, but I'm blanking on the name of it. But it's essentially it, what they're doing is they are um, gathering people in our community who are sober now but who hadn't been. And there's a huge problem with homelessness in the substance abuse, formerly substance abusing community, huge problem. And so these people, largely men, are given a place to stay in a bed, and then they're trained to do labor and things like that that you're talking about. And then uh, that, that is its own self-sustaining not-for-profit where they then go out in the community and earn money, and they basically pay rent, and they find a home for the first time. And I'm just thinking that there could be a connection there. We have a caller for you, Elizabeth from Stanford. You're on the air with Mark Foster of Second Chances. Hi, thank you. I'm wondering if you also offer smaller house parts. I have been looking for handles on windows for a house that was built in the late 50s, and I didn't think to check with people when they were tearing down the houses in the neighborhood to build bigger houses. I can't find them anywhere. The, just a, the kind of handle I don't. They used to have on these windows. You pull them up. You pull them down. That kind of level. Do you save that level of things? Absolutely. Uh, the devil's in the details, right? When you're doing a historic home renovation, it's you need to find what was, uh, you know, manufactured and built 100 years ago. And we are down to the. We save the cut nails, um, you know, that come out of the floor that, um, you know, were hand hammered back in the day, you know, 140 years ago. What's interesting about our store, people love it. It's 250,000 square feet, so it's the oh size of four gosh. home. De- so it's wow. got any. From what, you know, uh, a starving artist might want to buy all the way up to somebody who's building one of those bigger homes that you just alluded to. But uh, the parts and pieces, uh, we started out really emphasizing the historic fabric of the community because that's irreplaceable. Uh, A two by four from a 1950s row house, although obviously something we can save and and we're more than willing and happy to do it. We really love to see something that we can avoid uh, getting sent to the landfill that has, you know, 100 years of age on it or a marble mantle or, you know, some of the architectural details of homes. And it could be spindles from a staircase, could be railing from a staircase, um, all of those things, flooring, um, you know, all of those are the things that uh, we salvage. We we only leave behind what is recyclable and what cannot be resold or is not desirable for anybody to purchase. And oh, that's would amazing. You say again, Where's I the store? Hold on, Elizabeth. Yeah. Where's yeah. the store? Where's the store? It sounds like a tourist that's destination. Where's the that's- store? The store's in Baltimore. You can see us online at uh, www.secondchanceinc.org. You'll see the store there. You can interact with us. You can uh, send a picture of what it is you have to our uh, website. And we have people here in the customer service business who will hunt down whether we have or don't have the piece you're looking for. That's so cool. 
That's wonderful. That was my question. Great Thank question, you so Elizabeth. I didn't even know about the store. I'm telling you, yeah, I, I went to, yeah, I, I thank you, Lisa. the article, Lisa? Tell me. I don't remember. I don't remember. I read everything all the time. I don't remember. I always pass the article to Melissa, my producer, and then lo and behold, I get to talk to the person named in the article. It's like magic for me. Um, Mark, so, do you know where you've been written up? Uh, we've been fortunate over the 20 years to be in, you know, the Washington Post, New York Times, um, what we do, I think, resonates with a lot of people and, and you know, in the, in the world of publications and both, you know, anything that would appear on YouTube. You just or, find it. Just find it, Elizabeth, okay. really. Thank you very much for the call. Mark, I just want to say that I used to live in Baltimore. I went to Johns Hopkins, and that's a city that really needs and really struggles and really needs your help. It really struggles. I was just reading over the weekend that Baltimore has the lowest – housing in the entire lowest cost of housing and the, one of the highest vacancy rates in the entire country uh, because right. people are not wanting to live in that city. And I love that city. And I love the immediate environment around the city, the Roland Park area with Sherwood Gardens, that whole area, you know, right next to the Homewood campus. I've always thought it was beautiful. And I, I feel very terrible that Baltimore has really had such a hard time so it sounds well, you know, like you're contributing beautifully to that city. You know what's interesting, Lisa, is the, the headlines certainly are, are uh, things that don't shine a great light on Baltimore often. But underneath all of that, um, there's a tremendous story of, of investment and growth and people moving into the city and all these apartments being built and uh, what's called uh, Port Covington and Inner Harbor East and Lexington Market getting big investments. So, uh, you know, the from a resident of Baltimore, and seeing it firsthand, it's a different picture than what people see that are external. Um, I, the neighborhood that I was talking about earlier was Roland Park, which was right next to John, where I was oh. developing a new, you know, home from a 1902, trying to get it renovated. Uh, but it's just such a great city, and it gets unfortunately, it's got its issues. All cities do, and mm-hmm. and a lot of communities do. We get it. Um, but you know, we in Baltimore seem to be unfortunately suffering under some headlines that that steal the show and don't really allow what's happening underneath all of that with the stadiums, with the, you know, all the things I could go on and on about what great things are happening in the city. Uh, but that voice gets somewhat lost in some of the headlines. Well, I'm very glad to know you, Mark Foster, and I'm glad that you're making the city a more vital place. And the next time I pass through Baltimore, I'm going to have to go to your store, Second Chance Inc. Oh my God. Sounds so exciting. Well, and, absolutely. Uh, I think, I think there should be a TV show. I, I see a reality show here. <laughs> I do. I do. Someone right. who's listening to me, got a lot of influencers who listen here to the show. I think somebody could grab you and make a fantastic reality show and put it right on the DIY network or HGTV. How fabulous would that be? It's funny. You know, when we started out, it was uh, Bob Vila and this old house. Uh-huh. And now, look at what's going on now. <laughs> Yeah, but you've got like layers of inspiration, you know, sort of baked into what you're doing. And people love that. Everybody loves that. I think you're right. If I could find the time, I'd be more than happy to participate. Oh, yeah. No, they'll find you. I'm I'm calling this. I'm calling it out into the universe. They're they're going to respond. Mark Foster, thank you so much. And by the way, I expect you to tell me when you get the call. Thank you You very much for being on the Lisa Wexler Show today. Thanks for the good work you're doing, and I hope we'll keep seeing you around here in Connecticut. It's been our pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 